Good morning, River Life St. Paul family. It's so good to be with you, and good morning to all of our River Life family online. In case you don't know me, I am Kong. I'm the campus pastor over at the Brooklyn Park campus. Uh, it's a joy and pleasure to be with you this morning to share God's word while Pastor Greg is out of town. Um, being at River Life St. Paul this morning reminds me of just my time here and and I started here working with youth. I've been doing that for many years, since my early 20s. And uh, over the years of working with teens, the one thing or one of the things that I love about working with teens is when they get to express their gratitude. It's heartwarming when I take them out for a meal or for boba. And at one point of our time with each other, they pause to express their gratitude. I find that to be a soft spot in my heart for, uh, and, and with teens because they're in this unique place where they are old enough to understand and show gratitude and they're also young enough to not quite get it. So it's a nice surprise when they are grateful, but I'm not surprised when they aren't grateful or maybe they just don't show it. Looking back at my own teenage years, I wish I was more grateful. Between ages 16 to 22, when I was able to drive, I went through a total of four cars because I wasn't grateful for what I had. You see, I didn't take care of any of them. I didn't keep up with the maintenance. My parents provided me with cars that fulfilled what I needed to get from one place to another, but the cars didn't fulfill my wants. They weren't as cool or maybe as fast as the Honda Civics or Acura Integras that my friends and peers drove. And so my cars were simply junkers. I didn't care for them. I didn't consider the cost um, that, it, that it cost my parents. And I didn't consider the generosity that my parents had to give me cars to drive. You see, when you don't realize what you have, you become ungrateful, and that leaves you wanting something else, maybe even more. And as we continue in our second week of our money series, we're going to explore the importance between gratitude and what Jesus has to say about money. Earlier in our scripture reading, we heard about the parable of the workers in the vineyard, and that's in Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. See, parables are stories that Jesus used to teach a profound and spiritual truth. And parables were very common ways that Jesus used to teach truths. Some say that a third of his teachings were based on parables. And so in this particular parable, it's a story about a landowner who hires people to work in his vineyard for a denarius. Unlike many of us who have stable and secure jobs and know exactly what we're going to do tomorrow when Monday hits, uh, know what we're exactly going to do at work each day and maybe even dread it, the work culture was very different in, this parable, in, the, in the context of this parable. You see, finding work was tough. Employment opportunities weren't readily available, and so people would go to the marketplace each day to see who was hiring. It was kind of like a Facebook post that offered uh, jobs for the day. And in this case, a landowner who had a vineyard was looking for people to work, and he was willing to pay a denarius for each worker. 
Now, a denarius is the equivalent to a day's wage, and so imagine what you get paid in a day. That's about the worth of a denarius. And a typical workday for many of us is anywhere between 8 to 10 hours. But in this context, in the Jewish culture, work began from sunrise all the way until sunset. And so they could be working from uh, work. They could be working a 12-hour day. So at the beginning of the day, when the sun rose, let's say around 6 a.m., the landowner went to the marketplace and hired a group of workers who needed work. They needed that denarius to fulfill their needs for that day. But because there were plenty of work, he continued to hire workers throughout that day. He hired that group at 6 a.m., and then he went back to the marketplace to hire another group at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., and even 5 p.m. And once the day was over at 6 p.m., it was time to pay each worker. Now, many of us get paid weekly, bi-weekly, through direct deposit or by a check. These workers were paid daily at the end of their shift, at the end of the workday. And so when the workday ended, the manager paid the workers, beginning with those that he just recently hired, those who started work at 5 p.m. They only worked for an hour, and they each received a denarius. Now, the, the, the people who heard the story would have been shocked because that was the same amount that was promised to the workers that were hired at 6 a.m., the workers who worked the entire 12-hour shift. Imagine that if you went to work tomorrow for just an hour, but then got paid the same as your worker who worked the entire shift. What a deal. Sign me up. Please let me know if you have a job like that. So the workers who had been there since 6 a.m. who worked the entire shift assumed that, hey, if the workers who only worked an hour got a denarius, we are going to get paid more. Surprisingly, this shocked all the listeners who heard the story too. You see, when they went to when the 6 a.m. workers went to receive their pay, they ended up receiving the same amount of money as the workers who only worked for the hour. The 6 a.m. workers too received a denarius for their entire shift, their entire 12-hour shift. They were betting that they were going to get double, triple, maybe even 12 times the amount because they worked longer. And when they received that denarius, they were not happy. They complained to the land, landowner because they expected to receive more for working a longer shift. The landowner responded that the workers agreed to work for denarius and that he was generous to all of the workers during a difficult employment season. He then asked the workers if they were envious, jealous, maybe even ungrateful because it seemed unfair to them. Maybe it was the workers who felt like the landowner was being, the landowner was being unjust by paying them the same wage as the others. So the landowner asked them to consider if they were blinded by their own selfishness and jealousy because they wanted more. Their jealousy and their envy prevented them from being grateful to the landowner, who was gracious and compassionate, again, during this difficult time of finding work. Instead, they saw what others, others received, and they felt 
like they needed more. Now at the end of the parable, Jesus concludes by saying this, so the last will be first and the first will be last. The main point of this parable teaches us that God blesses all with the same gift because of his generosity. Let me say that again. The main point of this parable teaches us that God blesses all with the same gift because of his generosity. You see, we don't earn more of God's blessing. We don't earn more of God's favor, even his love, based on what we do or how long we've been doing it. So we shouldn't be jealous or envious of others who earn the same blessings that we do. The parable illustrates the workers being upset at the landowner's generosity because, again, they wanted more. We receive God's love because he loves generously and he wants us to experience his love. It's nothing of what we've done. It doesn't depend on what we do. It's all because of God's generosity. Being jealous and envious in turn prevents us from being grateful for the things that God blesses us with. And when we miss seeing the blessings we receive because we want more, we don't bless others. We spend more time, we spend the time thinking about ourselves and we opt not to bless others. So instead of being jealous and envious, the point we need to understand about the parable is this. Gratitude is the response to God's generosity. Gratitude is the response to God's generosity. This parable reminds us to be aware that God blesses us with what we need because he is generous. And it's easy to overlook God's blessings because we might feel jealous or envious when we see others receiving their blessings. We might feel entitled and expect to receive more because we've been going to church longer or we volunteer more frequently or we give to the church more often. Sometimes we have the assumption that if we've done something longer or we've done more of it, our reward should be greater. That's not the case with Jesus. He gives us exactly what we need. And his gift is not based on what we've done or who we are. It's based entirely on his generosity. So what does this parable mean for, for you and me? What does it mean for us? Now, to be honest, this parable doesn't directly talk about money. It uses money in a situation involving money to illustrate a point, but it doesn't directly talk about money. But I believe that we can still draw some truths that to relate to money. You see, God blesses you with all that you need. God blesses me with all that I need. But sometimes you begin to notice that the people around you have great jobs. They have nice houses, beautiful cars. They have wonderful families and they take fun vacations. And you might begin to desire those things. And sometimes that desire can turn into jealousy or envy. And when you become jealous or envious, you stop being grateful for what you have because what you have isn't good enough. You want more. You need more. The problem with being ungrateful is that it causes you to be self-centered and that then prevents you from seeing others. It only allows you to see you. 
And when this happens, it doesn't allow you to be generous like God. So instead of being jealous and envious, learn to be grateful. Gratitude motivates you to be generous. Gratitude motivates you to be generous. When you are grateful with what you have, you are more willing to share with others. And there are plenty of stories in the Bible that talk about this. And there are also plenty of research and studies that find a correlation between gratitude and generosity. Generally, if you are grateful, you are generous. Gratitude drives us to be generous. Imagine how you can bless others and their needs with your generosity. Whether you're generous with your money, your time, your skills and abilities, or with just simply your presence. You see, God is generous to us so that we can be generous to others. As we wrap up today's message, I want us to take a moment to pray and reflect. And so go ahead and close your eyes. In the next second, couple seconds, a minute here, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you are jealous of and what you are envious of. What do people around you have that you want more of? Is it a better career? Maybe it's more money in your bank account, a bigger house, a faster or fancier car, or maybe a luxurious vacation. What are the things you want more of that prevent you from being grateful with what you already have? And when you can identify one or two things, I want you to imagine that they're in your hands. And so feel free to open up your hands. And I want you to close your hands tightly as if you're holding onto these things dearly. You want them so bad that you don't want to let it go. Now take a moment. I want you to consider all that you've been blessed with. Your current job, the money in your account, the roof over your head, the car that you're driving right now. And although you might not have the luxurious vacation that you desire, Think about the daily and practical things that you do that you can retreat to to give your mind and your body a rest. And when you're ready, I want you to be thankful for what God's given you. I want you to be grateful for what God's blessed you with. And when you're ready, all of those things that you so desire, maybe you're even jealous of, maybe you're envious of, I want you to open your hands and be willing to let go of all that you want and be thankful for all that you have. And then maybe even consider who you can bless with all the things that you do already have that God has blessed you with. We've been blessed with so much and we can be thankful for it. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you give us good gifts, that you give us exactly what we need. And like our spiritual exercise, praying the Lord's Prayer, that you give us our daily bread. You give us exactly what we need. So may we be thankful. May we be grateful. 
And may we be reminded of your generosity, God. The things that we desire, if it leads us to, be, to a place where we are jealous or envious of others who have them, Lord, if it leads us to not be considerate of what you've given us and what you've blessed us with so that we can bless others, Lord, we ask that your spirit continue to reveal to us what those things are. And however tightly we are holding on to those things, however tightly we want those things, however focused we are on how we can get those things, Lord, I ask that the Holy Spirit remind all of us, myself included, Lord, that you've given us all that we need, and that's you. And you give it to us not based on what we've done or what we will do, how long we've done it, but you give it to us simply because you are generous. So may we be grateful and thankful for all the money, skills, abilities, all the things that you've given to us because you always provide. May we be willing to let go of the things that we want and desire that take our eyes off you, that prevent us from being generous to others as you are generous to us. Teach us to be grateful. Teach us to practice gratitude. Give us a thankful heart, Lord. We thank you. We pray and this in your name, Lord. Amen.